today I want to I want to wrap up this series I've been doing called Deep Change. Uh, for the last six weeks, we've been walking through this idea of how does God really lead us through change in our lives, and I, I'm not just cosmetic or superficial change, but how does God really get to and deal with the deep stuff? that we have, to, we have to get rooted out. It may be, it may be about uh, becoming the men and women of God that we know God is calling us to be, that we've never yet been able to become. It may be about uh, a marriage that has been on the rocks and God's trying to do some deep work in that marriage to change that or, or in our home. It may be about some, some habits or some addictions uh, or some attitudes or behaviors that have just kind of latched onto us and we've not shaken them uh, in our journey. Well, whatever it is, we're talking about how does God do that? And we've been looking at the storyline of God bringing the Israelites out of Egypt and setting them free, bringing them into the promised land. And we've been looking at the principles of that as kind of a backdrop to help us understand how God does that uh, in our life. Last week, um, I talked about God sending Moses back to Egypt, even where he was a wanted man. And uh, he goes into the court of Pharaoh and he says, God's told me to take our people and go worship on the mountain. And so you need to let us go. Now, was Pharaoh up on that? New, new. And, uh, and, and, and last week we talked about the fact that instead of things getting better, they got worse. And it was really hard. And we said sometimes that happens in the course of change. But, but Moses kept going back and God kept showing up. And after plagues and after all kinds of wonder-working things that God did, Pharaoh eventually said, I've had enough, get out of here. And so Moses and the people leave Egypt. You know, they, they take off. They're heading, uh, being led by God toward the promised land. As they're going, they get to the banks of the Red Sea. And anybody remember what happened? Yeah, some, two of you. Yeah, I, I remember, yeah. Y'all need to read your Old Testament. <laughs> they get to the banks of the Red Sea, and Moses has a change of heart. Moses said, man, what am I doing letting all this free labor go? And so he sends his army after him. He said, you guys are going to go bring them guys back. We need some workers around here. And so they, they head out to go get them. There's nowhere to run. Uh, the, the, they got the mountains to one side. They got the Pharaoh's army to the other side. And they've got the Red Sea behind them. Anybody remember what happened next? Yeah, well, if you look, if you go to uh, uh, Exodus chapter 14, beginning verse 21, you can, you can read that story. But let me do you one better. Let me show you what happened. Are you ready? Play the video for me. Give me a little more volume with that, please. That you took us away to die in the wilderness? Fear not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. the fire of God. 
poison your flux. We must go with old speed. Yes. Go where? A drown in the sea? How long will a fire hold Pharaoh back? Will it? After this day, you shall see his chariots no more. No! You'll be dead under them. No. The Lord of hosts will do battle for us. Behold his mighty hand. the blast of his nostrils. Lead them through the midst of the waters. His will be done. He opens the waters before them, and he bars our way with fire. Let us go from this place. Men cannot fight against a god. Better to die in battle with a god than live in shame. Praise God and down into it! Was there ever any better Moses than Charlton Heston? <laughs> he did such a great job with that role. How many of you would have loved to have been there that day, baby? Yeah, yeah. You know, one, one of the things that I thought about when I was working on this series, and I was thinking about how God led them out of Egypt into the promised land, well, one of the things that I realized is that they never could have done it without the hand of God every single day acting on their behalf. And as I sat back and I was just really reflecting on that, it hit me, that is what God does for us as well. You see, when you really commit yourself to let God work in your life for deep change, here's what you can count on. A miracle every single day. When you're walking with God and you're truly facing the change that needs to happen, God does a miracle every single day. I want to talk about that today. And I don't know where you are on your journey of change. Some of you may have started and gotten stalled. Some of you may be stuck. Some of you may be up against an obstacle and you don't know how to overcome it. Well, today's message is just for you because every day is a miracle. And you say, well, Pastor Steve, what kind of miracles are you talking about? I'm so glad you asked. You ready? Here we go. I want you to take your sermon outline out or you can take your phone out if you want to take notes on, your, on the app and, uh, and, and do all that. Uh, I, want you to, I want to give you that. I thought of several, but I wanted to narrow it down to four ways that you can see a miracle from God every day. Here's the first one. Every single day is a miracle of God's amazing grace. Every single day is a miracle of God's amazing grace. Throw that picture up on the screen for me. That beautiful young lady's name is Pascal Cavanaugh. Um, she grew up in a, in a very abusive home. 
Interesting, both of her parents were actually doctors. But her mother had come out of a home of abuse herself and never dealt with her issues. And as a result, what we know is that abused kids, if they don't deal with their stuff, will often grow up to become abusive parents. And that's what happened with Pascal's mom. Uh, From the time Pascal was born, she was just always critical of her. Uh, She was always talking down to her. She was always telling her how stupid she was, telling her how ugly she was. As she continued to to grow, uh, her mother became physically abusive. Uh, Eventually, Pascal had a, a brother who was born, and he was severely autistic. And yet, she was abusive to both of them. And uh, there were times, Pascal said, when her mother would get so angry that not only would she hood him, hit him, but she would actually throw dishes at him across the room. And she said there were a number of times that her father actually had to jump between the mom and the kids just to keep them from severely hurting them. And that, that was her, her growing up days. And she said what began to happen for her at, at a young age is she began to develop this really uh, angry heart. And all of this anger, especially driven toward her mother. And she said, by the time I was a a teenager, a young adult, it became hatred. And even when she went to college, it didn't stop. Her mom would call her every single week just to run her down. Have you flunked out yet? You know, have you, have you messed up yet? And just always just on and on and on. And Pascal really just didn't want anything to do with her mom. Well, her father and her autistic brother both died. When her mom was 73, she had a series of strokes. Now, Pascal was the only living relative uh, in the family. And the hospital called her and said, your mother needs you. Now, picture yourself, if you would, being a kid who's grown up And all you've had in your heart for years is hatred toward your mom. And you get this call. Her mom was not able to even talk. And Pascal, because of the guilt she felt, she said, you know, I just, I'm the only one. She said, I've got to go. And so she went and, and, and she began to sit by her mother's bedside and she began to talk to her and she would read to her. She finally was able to go home and Pascal just continued just to, to be there. And she said, there was something something amazing that began to happen. That the longer she, she stayed with her mom and the more that she read to her mom and talked to her mom, she found her own heart beginning to grow soft. And then she said, one day, she goes, I can't explain it. Just one day, as I was reading to my mother, she said, I put down the book and she said, I just laid my head in my mother's lap. And she said, I just began to cry. And she said, and all of that pain and hatred that I had just began to ebb away. That is a miracle of grace. Amen. You know, when I, when I thought of Pascal's story, the other miracle, Grace, that I thought about is the fact that here's, here's a mother who's been nothing but mean to her all of her life, and yet when her mother needed her the most, Pascal came to her side. 
And, and for every day that her mom was mean, here's Pascal reading to her mom, talking to her mom, being nice to her mom, day after day after day. And every day that Pascal did that for her mother, get this, her mother didn't deserve it. Her mother deserved for her to be as mean to her as she had been to her daughter, but she didn't give her that. She gave her kindness and love. Every single day was a miracle of grace for that undeserving mother. Are you getting this? And that's how God is with us. God gave the Israelites what they did not deserve. When he brought them out of Egypt, they didn't deserve that. They had chose other gods for themselves, but God gave his great grace and he brought them out. And you know what? That's what God does for us. Look at me, get this. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what kind of crimes you've committed or sins you've committed or how deep you've been into the dark life. Here's the deal. The day that we confess our hearts to God and our need to him, when we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He wipes it all away. But here's the deal. Grace doesn't stop there. How many of you would be honest enough to admit you've needed a little bit of grace even after you accepted Christ as your Savior? How many of you have needed a lot of grace how many of you are sitting beside someone who has needed an ocean of grace? Yeah, 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 there we are. Both arms and a leg up back there, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the, when, when the Israelites came out of Egypt, here's the great thing, here's just the amazing thing when you read the storyline, is that they, even after all of God did, all these things that God did, they still turned their back on him. They still, let's go back to Egypt. They still, God's not gonna show up. They still doubted. They still got afraid. They still sinned. They did it. And yet, God showed up every single day with his grace. Grab this. There are some of you, you've grown discouraged because the change isn't happening as fast as you had hoped to. For some of you, you've, you've tried and you've failed. Some of you have taken three steps forward and now two steps back. And you're feeling the shame and the enemy is telling you to quit and give up. If you can't do it, God's going to give up on you. Look at me. God will never give up on you. He gives you a miracle of amazing grace every single day. Day. I love how Lamentations says this. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. Read it out loud with me. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Each morning. Can I give you another one? Every day is a miracle of God's abiding presence. It's a miracle of God's abiding presence. You know, what's so interesting is how God is so faithful to be there for us, even when we haven't been there for him. And when you read the storyline of the, of, of the Israelites, it's so interesting how God was always there. He was a, a pillow of fire during the day and he was a, uh, or a cloud at day and he was a pillar of fire at night and he, his presence was just always there. Even when they ignored him, his presence was always there. And when I thought about it, I thought, what a miracle that we get invited into that presence every day. 
I mean, think of, think of the person who you would love to be able to visit in their home. Think of the most cool person that you can think of, the most famous person that you go, oh, man, I'd love to meet them. Think, think if they just gave you the keys to their, their house and said, just stop by and see me and come on in any time. We'd go, wow, that's an incredible privilege. I can do you one better. The king of all the universe who made all this, he invites you to come into his presence to be with him every single day. Uh, yeah, some of you have heard me tell the story since I had my right knee replaced a couple years ago, how it caused me to have to walk a lot more. And one of the things that's happened to me as a result of that is I, I've just begun to walk and pray. And how, how, what a transformative thing that's been for me in my own walk, my own relationship to God, praying more than I've ever prayed before. And, and I remember just a couple weeks ago, one morning as I was walking in my neighborhood and I, I was just quoting scripture and I was just thanking God for the promises of his word. And I quoted this from, from Lamentation. I just said, you know, Lord, I thank you today that your, your mercies are new every morning. And then all of a sudden it hit me. And I said, Lord, and I thank you that your friendship is new every morning. Look at me. Do you know that there is never a time when you turn your face toward God that he won't turn his face toward you? It, it, there's never a time when you knock on the door of heaven that God says, go away. There's never a time when you call God that he won't pick up. There, there is never a time. God's, the miracle of all of this is that the God who made all of this, he'll never leave you or forsake you, and you can turn to him anytime that you want. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a miracle. Deuteronomy 2.7, <coughs> Moses said these words to the people after they were, had gotten through the wilderness, were about ready to go into the promised land. He says, for the Lord your God has blessed you in everything that you have done. He watch, has watched over your every step through this great wilderness. Read it with me. During these 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you and you have lacked nothing. Nothing. If God's not active in our life, ladies and gentlemen, it's because we're not inviting him to be active in our life. I love Psalm 1611. Read it with me. This is just a great verse. It says, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Ah. Can I give you a third one? Every day is a miracle of God-given growth. Every day is, a, is, is just a miracle of God-given growth. Come on. It's Church, Sunday morning, great time and place to confess. How many of you would be honest enough to admit that you know as you look at your life that you're not yet probably all you ought to be? Only three of you? Really? Yeah, yeah, we're not. But how many of you can look back on where you've come from and go, oh, but I am so thankful that I'm not where I used to be? Yeah. Now, this is really important. Because you see, as, as God takes us through this process of change, 
It's just real easy to get discouraged because we're not changing as fast as we want to. And sometimes, again, sometimes that change where we step and then we, we come back, but then we get forward. And, and sometimes we, we, we get down the road and it just doesn't feel like we're making progress. And here's what we have to do. Every once in a while, we've got to stop and look back. And when we can look back and see where we've come from, we see the growth. And we go, man, I can't believe I've overcome that. I can't believe I've become that. I can't believe how God has worked in my life. That's the miracle of growth. I have a, a buddy that um, battled uh, alcoholism for a number of years in his life. And uh, it was really cool. He made this, he made this post uh, in November. And I just thought it was so, it was so cool is he, he did exactly that, looked back. And here's what he says. He says, this is the eve of my 34th year of sobriety from alcohol addiction. My life as a very young man was unmanageable to say the least. I drank to get drunk every day. It wasn't a couple of cocktails with my dinner. It was you start drinking and you stop when you pass out. I would drink nearly every day, no matter what shift I was working. Third shift, I'd drink in the morning and all day. Second shift, close the bar and drink until morning. It didn't matter what was going on. All I was concerned with was the next drink. drink drinking caused me a world of trouble. Three DUIs, months of jail time, thousands of dollars in fines, no driver's license for nearly 10 years. He said, I'm so thankful to make it out of those days without harming anyone except those family and friends closest to me. I've made my amends, and I'm amazed that they still love me. After all these years, I can clearly see God's hand on my life, guiding me through all those times of bad judgment and bringing me through each day sober. I'm thankful for my friends who stuck with me and I pray for the ones who have passed and are still stuck in addiction. If you think you have a problem, then you probably do. And admission is half the battle. If you're reading this and you are there, please know that there is help out there. People are available and all you've got to do is, is want it and reach out. God is good. Life is good. And so much more when you're sober. <laughs> He goes, I love and appreciate you all and have just an overabundance of love and having given me just a love and abundance of support over all these years. I am beyond grateful for you all for it. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Think of what you're thankful for and do it often. 12,417 days sober and counting. Now, I know this guy, and I've, I've seen his post on Facebook enough to know that every once in a while he, he, you know, he struggles a bit internally, and yet what, he, what did he do there? He stopped and he looked back, and when you look back, all of a sudden you see the miracle of God, of the growth that has happened in your life. Now, look at me. I promise you this. When you commit yourself and surrender yourself fully to the hand of God for the deep change he's wanting to work in you, God gives you growth. And that growth, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. I love what Jesus said in John 15. Read it with me. He said, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. 
those who remain in me and I in them, you'll produce much fruit. You know, the enemy wants you to believe that you can't do anything, that you're never going to amount to anything. Jesus is saying, I've got fruit for you. I love what Paul said in Philippians 1. Read it with me. He said, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Let me give you one more. Every day is a miracle of God's incredible power. Every day is a miracle of God's incredible power. Our God is an amazing God. Look, look at these verses of scripture. Job 9.10, read it with me. He does great things too marvelous to understand. He performs countless miracles. Jeremiah 32 is one of my favorite verses. Oh, sovereign Lord, read it with me. You made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Say that again. Nothing is too hard for you. One more time. Nothing is too hard for you. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're up against, nothing is too hard for the hand of God. You know, when you look at what God did in bringing Moses and the people out, 10 plagues, parted the Red Sea, took bitter water, made it drinkable, gave them manna, gave them quail, brought water out of a rock, took them across the Jordan River, let them march around Jericho's walls, and those walls came tumbling down, miracle after miracle after miracle. And if God did that for them, just think what he can do for you. I don't know what you need from God, but here's what I know. Our God is an amazing and powerful God who loves to work, especially in the hearts and lives of those who are depending upon him. I have a friend, uh, her name is Katie. And Katie was a, a part of our uh, celebrate Recovery Program when we were in Phoenix and uh, watched God take her through just some really incredible transformation uh, in her life. And uh, she has just a, a wonderful testimony of how God has shown up again and again and again. And what's interesting is that Katie has discovered as, as she stopped trying to run her own life and as she surrendered it to God and she really started leaning into him and listening to God, guess what? God speaks to her. And I've heard her share a number of times of just time after time that God shows up and did this and showed up and did that, provided things she couldn't get on her own. People showing up with exactly what she needed, even though she had no idea anybody even knew that she needed it. And just over and over and over again, the, the miracles that God has done have just been amazing. Yeah, a week and a half ago, she posted on Facebook, and I just thought, this is, this is like the, just exactly what God does. <coughs> Katie said... One night she had this really bad dream. And in her dream, she said, uh, I was driving with my girls and we were in a snowstorm. 
and the car quit. And she said, and we were stuck on the side of the road in the dark, no cell phone. And she said, and I was terrified. She goes, I was terrified. She goes, I, I didn't know what was going to happen to me or what was going to happen to my little girls. And she said, when I woke up, it was one of those dreams that just disturbed me. And she said, I just, just felt like, oh, this, was, this really feels bad. And she said, and I just began to, to think and I began to pray and said, you know what, Lord, are, are you nudging me with this? Is there something you're trying to tell me with this? And she felt like God was. And so she said, I'm, I'm going to do something that probably is ridiculous. She, she took her car to her mechanic. And, and when she drove in and went in to talk to the mechanic, mechanic said, hey, Katie, what's, what's going on with your car? And she goes, I don't know, maybe nothing. And he goes, well, why are you here? And she says, well, because I think there might be something wrong with it. And he, she said, can you just check it out for me and, and see if you can spot anything? And he just kind of laughed and goes, all right. So he took the car in and he gave it the, the once over and looked at it over pretty carefully. He came out and he goes, Baby, you're not going to believe this. He goes, you have two transmission lines that are leaking profusely. He goes, I don't even know how you got the car here. And he looked at her and he said, you didn't know about this? She goes, no. He said, then why did you bring your car in? He said, it's, it's ready to quit on you any minute. How did you know this? And she goes, I had a dream. <laughs> and she began to share with this mechanic about her dream. And she said, I just feel like God told me I needed to take care of something. She said, that led to a really interesting conversation. That is the miracle power of God. Amen. I'm going to ask my prayer partners, if you guys would go ahead and come, come on up to the front and join us here. I have no idea what you need in your life. I have no idea what you may be going through. I have no idea what you may be facing. I have no idea what you may, where you may need healing or transformation. Maybe, maybe you need a miracle of grace today. Maybe you've just blown it, maybe for the umpteenth time. Maybe you've been trying to tell yourself, I don't even know that I can confess this. No, 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 no. His mercy is new how often? Every morning. Don't you dare let the enemy paint you into a corner. If you have fallen, I love what 1 John says. 1 John says, I write these things so that you don't sin. But if you do sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And he's ready to forgive you. This morning, if you're struggling, and maybe you just need some encouragement, you just need someone just to pray with you and say, I just, I mean, I've been down and I, I just need God to kind of breathe into me some fresh life. Today. Maybe that's your miracle that you need. Maybe some of you are facing something where you, you need God to provide. You don't know how he's going to do it or if he's going to do it, but man, you, you, you know that there's something there that you need and it's bigger than you. Nothing is too hard for God. Now here's what we're going to do. Chuck's going to play a beautiful old Don Moen song called God Will Make a Way Where There Seems to Be No Way. 
And, and just like you saw God on that video, part that Red Sea, you know what? God can do a miracle for you. And so while we're singing this, I just want to invite you to, to come to any one of our prayer partners. They would be more than happy to pray with you about whatever's going on in your life. You may have a need for someone else. It may be a family member that's got a health issue. It may be someone else in your life, but they need that miracle. And you just want to stand in the gap for them. And you want the, your prayer partner to pray for them. You can feel free to do that as well. Chuck's going to lead us in singing the song through just a couple of times. And then I'm going to pray for us. Lean into God because he has a miracle every single day.